exactly, exactly. Uh, it's learning network. So, uh, <laughs> somebody said, what's worse than that? So, I, you know, I told him, I gave him some papers. I, I, I know the whole story. I gave him. Anyway, at the end of the year, the, it has to be the final Monday class, because it wasn't the Sunday class. The Sunday we ended off on a high note was that I had uh, my time with, uh, you know, a guitar we sang. should be a little emotion. But I showed them this safer. It has to be the um, uh, Monday before the Sunday, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago now. And he gets all excited. Is there anything with my Zeta? We look up, because the same volume. The Biot of a Lady Salavechi, we go a few pages. There was about 10 pages of the Rebbe and the Zeta. So we Xerox it right away from him. The kid went up to heaven. You know, he had any attitude? No, no, no. It was very good. They, they were, uh, no, they, many issues, they cooperated. Um, you know, gave me the gift. Barry Liebman. Do you remember Barry Liebman? He has to be two years younger than you. He graduated. Barnett? Was he Barnett, Barnett Liebman? Liebman. Uh, Barnett. Yeah. Right. Barnett Liebman's grandfather, Kunin, bought 770 for the Friedrich Rebbe. He's one of the people who bought it for him. His first cousin is the Kunin out on the coast. Mm -hmm. He was the guy in charge of the whole coast. Right. right. Which, which is Agaborina. Nishtagaborina. I want to tell you something. When when I wrote into the Rebbe, I'm a combination of a Gaborana and a Gaborana. The Rebbe circled the Gaborana, and he wrote in the margin, "Vahalo call underlined, Chasidei Chabad Bador Harishon, V'yodua Ma'alosam Hoyukach." He didn't have any patience for that kind of rubbish. Uh, he wanted the Rebbe wanted Rabbi Gorelick to be his assistant. When they were looking for an assistant in the new Smicha program, and he stood and he told me we were on the second floor, or the second floor, I think, the third floor, and he says, He is the biggest in this whole building. Biggest on the whole building. He said, But they won't appoint him because they're afraid of him. Ah. He was a little bizarre. Poor, very, very sarcastic, very dull. Yeah, it was yeah. looking inside out. That's it. Uh, okay. Uh, 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 okay. Okay. I can tell you that when we have a close friend, I did not come to the rest. I have to talk another time. The, the, when we have a close friend, Rabbi David Lappin. He used to be uh, here from our old He went out family. to Venice and California. His brother is the guy, Daniel Lappin, uh -huh. who's the darling of the conservatives. Uh -huh. okay. He is, but he's a big comic and a uh, businessman, strategic business ethics he does with companies and armies based entirely on, on Torah Musa and uh, of, of, of ethics and business ethics. Very successful. He just wrote me today. He, he used to go to visit Kedova and to like to hear from them and learn himself buzz around. One day he came on his way back to South Africa, he came from America to Gateshead which is where he learned mainly. So, talking with the... Uh, what about Was it Labelitz? That's it. Talked with him. So, Labelitz asked him, where are you? What did you do? Went to see the Solovetsch. Uh, Went to see Rabbi He says, bring the chair, sit down here, and tell me everything he said. He said, never mind what you have to say about him. 
in learning, he is the biggest of them all. I knew Rabbi Lebrovitz. He once visited the Talmud of his in Israel. Had become a conservative rabbi. Mm-hmm. He kept the line of conservative Posner. But he himself was orthodox. But he wound up at the seminary. Uh, Ultimately, had to get rid of him. He ran their uh, division there. But he was, <laughs> he was a lazy guy. So it didn't flourish. So they got rid of him. Now the guy who runs it is my own student. Contemporaries, although Rabbi Bernhard is slightly older than I am, but we studied with the Rep together. I had told the Rabbi Bernhard when I was a problem of going heard about in your life, both as a student of the Rub and a Chassid of the Rebbe. And it's unique Israeli problem, problems that we never dreamt about. We have an army. The Tzavah HaGanai Yisrael, in my opinion, is the greatest achievement of the state of Israel that we took through from so many different countries, so many different cultures, so many different backgrounds, and we forged the IDF. However, the problems that come up halakhically are problems that we have not dreamt about. Last night I spoke about uh, the Aguna problem in the army. That problem already is in the Gemara, as I quoted to you. The Gemara in Ketubah, Daf Ted, the Gemara in Shabbos, in a different context, Daf Nisayim, Hayali Begdabeh, Patun Gitin Meshachem, that problem existed. But did you ever wonder for a minute, there was just a tremendous halachic problem. We had terrible tragedy a few weeks ago in Israel, half tracks carrying soldiers and ammunition, and landmine blew it up. When you're carrying a hundred tons of ammunition, uh, the bodies of the soldiers were flung to war parts, and a few days later, Lowellenu, the same thing happened. Now, to you, of course, I believe we lost 13 soldiers at the time, the phony names. To me, it's acquaintances, my grandchildren, friends of theirs, Lowellenu, kids came in, my grandchildren came in from Hezbi Yeshiva, wherever they were, to attend the funerals. The Dameinu, the Nafshenu, but then you know that we sent out soldiers to search for the body parts. And this raises a very simple halakha question. Are you allowed to risk lives of soldiers to search for body parts? And prima facie, looking at it halakhically, the answer would be no. Because nefesh is outside of the three cardinal sins, but you don't take living people and endanger them. And as you know, two more soldiers were killed searching for the body parts. The body parts are no longer alive. Tremendous halakhic question. Go a step further. Shabbos gives you two more examples, two more variations of the same question. Shabbos lower lane in battle, soldiers killed. All of you know that a body is muksar on Shabbos. The Murren Shabbos, that uh, a, a dead person, worthless. A living animal is worth more than a dead person. I'm paraphrasing the Murren Shabbos. So once he's dead, you can't touch the body. It's not so right. But you can find the challah, loaf of bread, right? Put it on top of the body, and you'll run a battlefield. 
go find a loaf of bread. Soldiers are fighting, soldiers are moving forward, backwards. What do you do? Let the body remain there till after Shabbos? Nothing will be left of it. Tanks have to move, half trucks have to move, troop carriers have to move. Very fascinating question. Another variation. When you cross over in a war zone, let's say 1982, which is the last time when we fought a real organized war, the minute you crossed over into Lebanon, your name had to be recorded, what vehicle you were in, so that the army could keep track of who you were, where you were going, and if that relation happened, it would make it easier to identify. No, on Shabbos, a tank is leaving, a half-track is leaving, going into battle. Are you allowed to write down the names of the soldiers that are on that half-track, that are on that tank? All three questions are basically the same. And what's involved here is a Pasuk and Chumash. You're all familiar that there are many people who the Israeli army exempts. If I can tell you a litmus joke, in the land of Lithuania, rabbis did not preach. Rabbis preaching is an invention of the Western world. But what you had in Lithuania, Poland, like Russia, Ukraine, you had itinerant Magidim. And these Magidim, particularly in Lithuania, and Ochasidic Rebbeim, continued until modern times, basically. The Rub yet described to us Magidim that he heard in Europe that impressed him greatly with their rhetorical ability. And this is a true story. One monk had came going from town to town and got up and told the following Russia. And he said as follows, I'm saying it in English obviously, but I'm thinking in Yiddish, the secular Zionists, ah, they don't know what they're talking about. They're going to build an army to fight the world, to take back Palestine? What kind of army will we have? If we have an army, you have to have a Kong Mishuach Muhammad. And he gets up and announces who is getting married. Immediately, if you assembled 100,000 Jewish boys, 10,000 boys are getting married, dreaming of getting married, have a vision of getting married, they're gone. Who built a new house and is yet to dedicate it? Another 10,000 disappear. No. Who built a vineyard and is yet to enjoy its fruit? Another 10,000 disappear. Then you come, Mi Hayish Hayarei Varachelei Vav, and you're left with the Chavetz Chaim, the Gever Rebbe, Rav Yitzchel Chanan, the Belzer Rebbe, and the Maggot says, Nitzei Belmumachan HaMuchama, where then we're going to fight? What kind of nonsense is this? Now for Rabbi Bernhardt's sake, he gave this lesson in front of Rav Shimon Shkot and Grat. I had the school to tell this over in 1977 in Detroit, speaking to the Israeli government, and a man, 102 years old, hugged me and kissed me. He was there when this happened, verified every word. And Rav Shimon Shkup was very logical, down to earth, the great Telja. Then afterwards, the governor of Shishiva fell off his chair with laughter. The same moment goes to Brisk, and he gives the drush in front of Rav Chaim Salavechik, Rav Chaim Briska. And Rav Chaim doesn't understand the joke. He says, yes, with the Gera Reb and the Bel Zareb, Rav Yisrael Chanan, and a few other good island, the Chavetz Chaim, will make Muhammad and will win. 
He did not understand the bits. He did not understand the joke. <laughs> but what do you see from here? That's a category in the Torah. Look into Rashi. Look into the Rambam. I'm not going to go into detail now. He put Malachim. You marry the Rambam where he describes how we have to go to war and how a soldier has to be. The worst thing in the world is to weaken the morale of the army. If you're a fraidy cat, if you're a chicken, I don't know if you use this language, you know, in, in South Africa, but that's the American language that we grew up on. If, if, if you're a rave, a Rachel, a rub, then you look into Rashi, that's the start of the feat. The minute you're frightened, you are frightened, you frighten your neighbor, and before you know it, a whole army is fleeing in shame. And morale is extremely important. Without morale, without this feeling of courage, no army can win a battle, can win a war. And we've seen it in contemporary history, American Vietnam, America today in Iraq. Those who are determined, ultimately, they are the winners. And therefore, the postkin that guide the army halakhically ruled in all these three cases. It goes back to Rabbi Gurren originally, it continues today. And we remove anybody on Shabbos because the worst sight in the world is for soldiers to pass by and see a fallen comrade who's left on the battlefield. It is the morale of the army at stake. It is the modern rendition of When it comes to the question of Shabbos going into the Jeep, endless tributes were written being matir, writing, preferably if you can write with the left hand instead of the right hand, but even with the right hand, because the soldier has to be confident that the army knows what's happening, and if God's with anything happens to him, he will not become an unknown soldier. Extremely important. In the recent question in Aza, which became a source of debate, whether we're permitted to risk lives to come up with rings and body parts, the overwhelming majority of the community in general and of the religious community specifically and, and Kedole Harabarim Shalanu all felt exactly the same that we have to do everything possible so that every soldier going to war will know that the army will make every effort of Chasvachalili he falls to bring his body the Kurach Israel. So these are three problems that I think Abba Rehner will agree. When we were growing up in the yeshiva, no one raised these problems. We didn't dream of these problems. I can also tell you, in the Israeli army, these problems were not real. Because in the Israeli army at that time, if I can quote Matagur when he was chief of staff, the late Matagur, who captured Jerusalem the Sixth Day War, so Matagur said something amazing at the vacation of a library in, uh, in Padeis in Chana, in Rashi and Noah, where they dedicated the library as the first major real B'nai Akiva Yeshiva high school in Israel, and they dedicated a library in memory of their graduates who fell to Muhammad Yisrael. So Matagur said, when I was growing up in the army and I was a minor officer, rabbis came to me pleading to take a religious boy into my unit. No one wanted religious boys. They created problems with Shabbos, with Kashrut. They were different. They were a pain in the neck. They had to plead with me. Today, he says, I'm chief of staff 
commanders, mafakdim, plead with me, give me the Hester voice, give me the yeshiva voice, give me the boys with the kippah. They are better soldiers, more reliable, infinitely more dedicated. And this was said in 1974. Allah, today, 30 years later, where it may even be the majority, maybe it's 51, 52 percent of the general officer's corps are part. You have elite units in the army, Sayeret Matar, others, where the bdicha, the joke that goes around Israel is that one of the requirements to get into the unit, besides everything else, and being outstanding physically, mentally, and, and being able to handle yourself well, and going through all the rigorous, rigorous courses, you have to have a kippah in your head. Without a kippah, you can't get into the unit. So, but when you have soldiers who are real with dedication to Torah and Yerushimayim, then these issues become halakhic questions, and this is the way we have answered these three particular questions all found the same answer, and all those answers go back to one Pasuk and Chumash, Nihayish Hayarei Barak HaRabah. Thank you very much. When a rabbi gets them, when a rabbi, when a Talmud Chacham gets them, you start to shiver and shake. What I dealt with in two lectures, Aguna, Mamzerit, these are questions that literally, you're dealing here with Dinam Deo Reiter, you're dealing here with Mamzerit, you're dealing here with human tragedy. You shake. You're you don't shake, because you're dealing here with a Dinder Abbanan, and to me, there's no more fascinating topic in uh, all of halakhic literature than Yantav Shani. And I'll show you why. You'll understand by 7 o'clock. The source on Yantav Shani, first of all, you all know the Gemim that originally they informed the people about Yantav by waving the flames. And then they saw that the Minim would do the same thing to mislead the Jews. So instead of having it waved, they sent out shlichim. No, there's a limit how far shlichim can go. So therefore, there were many places for Hutzlaris and Mitzvah Suffolk, they observed two days. The Gemara Beitzah says at the start, Hizaru b'minig avoteichim b'yedeichim shemi azar b'balikul that in Hutzlaris it has to be two days because who knows, we'll go back to a time where we'll have Kiddush HaKodesh al Yedei Riyah, the shlichim won't get there, mistakes will be made, so to be sure you're observing at least one of the two days is the proper answer, the good part you must continue two days, and even today when there are not going to be mistakes, we have a calendar, but it remains a takana, hizaru b'minig avateichim b'yodeichim. Okay. Now, we get involved in a tremendous question. What if I'm Israeli visiting Chutzlaretz, Chutzlaretz visiting in Israel? The only source in all of Shas on this question is in Psachim Dachnim Bet, 
Uh, it actually begins right at the bottom and it continues through Psachim Yun Bet Amad Aleph. And what is the Gemara talking about in Psachim? Now, I'm going to put it into, my, into your language. I'm paraphrasing the Gemara. Those of you who have learned the Gemara, this is called Makam Shinako. What does it mean, Makam Shinako? There are certain concepts in life that are not demanded by the Torah, but we have our men hugging. For the sake of argument, I'm flying to Cape Town tomorrow. If someone had asked me in advance, I would not allow them to have made a reservation for me on Friday because I don't want to fly from Jonesburg to Cape Town on Friday. I don't want to go more than two kilometers on Friday. Shabbos is coming. Okay. Know what to learn my paraphrasing? Surabit Sidon. Makushinoko means this is a. In other words, it's not required, but this is my own personal minhag. So if you belong to the community of Tsar, which is uh, uh, Tyra, and they didn't travel to Sidon on Friday, you're not allowed to travel. And this is the whole discussion in the Gemara. What if you change from one community to another? So the Gemara ultimately says as follows. As long as you are a citizen of Johannesburg, you must follow the minhag of Johannesburg. If you happen to be visiting elsewhere, let's say in Johannesburg, they uh, do travel on Friday, and you're in a community where they don't travel on Friday, not to embarrass them, you don't travel. That's shaloh yishaneh, but nemachloket. You don't want to get involved in controversy. What about if you come from a community where they don't travel, and you come to a community where they do travel, it's no big deal, because not everyone travels anyway, so no one's going to know you're not traveling out of your own minhag, you're not embarrassing anyone. Now, the Gemara says here, when you look it up later, I'm just going to paraphrase it. The truth is, since the day I came in Aliyah, I refused to teach a text. I taught from 62 to 69, Rosh Hashit, Teach Gumbara, Rashi, Tosfet, Rambam, etc. I was privileged then to teach all the students, particularly with the Kolel, I say, at the age of 27, you got to handle the text. My job is to comment. You understand? If you can handle the text, what are you doing getting sleep up from why you? My job is to comment. But anyway, the text is very simple. He's saying, and I'm learning Pshat now according to Rashim Tosfat. What about a guy like myself who knows when Yantakshani is, the Shlichim reached here? What about if I go to a community where they don't know? But I really know when, not Yantip, when Yantip is, not Yantip, when Yantip is, I don't have to observe Yantip Shani. And I go to a community where they have to observe. So the Gemara Paskins, that if you go to a community where they're observing Yantip Shani, don't do malacha, don't embarrass them in public, perhaps in private you can do. In a midbar where no community lives, you do what you want because there's no community to be embarrassed. That's the way the basic Pshat Rashi, Tosvat, the Rach and the Rabban learn it has to do with going to Israel, which makes it a little bit more applicable to the essential question. But anyway, what do we see here? From this Gemara, what do you see? You see from this Gemara that the Gemara equates the observance of Yantav Shani in one community to the next community with Makhm Shinahaku. And what does that mean? Where are you a citizen? And it all has to do 
with where your mind is. Nothing to do with your body. If you live in Johannesburg, you can be all over the world. But if you're coming back to Johannesburg, you are bound by what you would do in Johannesburg. That's the simple shot in the Gemara. And that's the way the Shukhan Erech Paskins. You look it up later, again I'm going to paraphrase it, it's Tafsadibab, Sifkat and Dali, what's fascinating? The Shukhan Erech gives one half of the story. And here I'll explain to you why Aaron Rakepet is a tr total, complete, absolute failure. It's right here in this halacha. Very simple. Over, no, this is Over the years, I was offered so many positions with so many august titles, Rosh Yeshiva, Har Rosh Yeshiva, President, this and that, and I turned it down on the spot. One time they called Malka to complain, your husband's crazy, you offered him a position, fighting right at the coastal, he doesn't sell, think about it from Matzai Shabbos. My wife said, my husband knows what he'd be doing. What's the problem? All these positions are great. You have covered and power and secretaries and telephones and people dancing at your command, but you got to raise the funds. And I never wanted to get involved in fundraising. I knew I'm only cut out. I can only do one thing in life, teach, try to learn and be a good boy. That's what I try to do in life, to get involved with myself. Every Israeli, imagine how blessed I am. How many people come to South Africa from Jerusalem not to rate this trip is costing me money. I can tell you in advance, I know what I'm saying. Take my word, but I have to buy gifts from my grandchildren, my cousin, you cover the ticket, this and that. My contribution, thank God, a Jerusalemite is contributing to the well-being of the Johannesburg community. My honor. But everyone else comes out to Africa, you saw Shabbat, the guy shows up with a Strymu, Rabbi Tenson's already going for the gas pipe, he tells you why he's here, collecting, all right, this one, that one. Now, you think I'm telling you a joke? Fast for Khalila. Look at the, look what the Shulchan Aruch Paskins. B'nei Eretz Yisrael Shabula Chutzlar, it has to be said, Malach, beyond the Pshaini, be Yishev, afilu tai polach, small. Exactly. That is a din of Mokum Shunahaku, and, and, and if you're from B'nei Eretz Yisrael, you really don't have to observe them to Shani. But don't do malacha, don't embarrass anyone in Chutzla Aretz. And that's exactly what he passes, you go into it in detail, you don't need me for that. Exactly like the Pshat and the Gemara, that it's a din of Makam Shinahaku. There's only one problem. Look at the example the Shulchan Aruch took. It took the example of, no, you tell me. B'nai Yisrael, going to the Chutz going shnuttering. You understand? If you live in Israel, you're a built-in Mishulach. And we have, there are two tremendous volumes written by Rabbi Yari, tremendous preacher, just be published by Mosad Rafkut. They give it away for nothing. I mean, in Israel, what they sell Svarim for, sometimes I have to pinch myself. It's more expensive to buy a loaf of bread than to buy a first-rate safer. And he... Two tremendous volumes, Shluchay Eretz Yisrael. You know, who is the greatest Mishulach of all? The Chidah. Rabbeinu Chaim Yosef David Azulai, the great Chidah, wrote over 70 Sparim, a Gon idea. He was a Mishulach. He died and they had to rebury him in Israel generations after he died. Anyway, the other half of the coin is missing. What about... So we know, in Israel he goes to Chutzlaris, he has to hold one day, but the second day he must still observe because of Machloket, Makam Shinohugu, don't embarrass the locals. What about the Chutzlaris Jew who visits Israel? Machabe doesn't discuss it. However, 
the Mechaber wrote many Sfarim. He wrote the Keshet Mishnah on the Rambam, right? The Beis Yosef on, on the Tush Shulchanorach. His famous collection of response literature is called Afkat Rachel, meaning uh, it's a pasuk from Tehillim, the merchants that go around selling the perfumes to the women. Because these merchants will not go out of business because women, Baruch Hashem, have to have perfume and makeup, etc. It's also a Gemara, not for now. Now, it's a commission of the you have to let her get ready and cut a trousseau, etc. Anyway, so the problem with Avchat Rachel, there are no dates. So we don't know what was written before. See, that's impossible to tell because if Mishnah Beit Joseph, Shukhanor, follow in sequence. The Yavchat Rachel has a chiva about the Bnei Chutzlaretz coming to Israel, and he paskins exactly like he paskins in the Shulchan Aruch. They have to observe two complete full days. And he goes so far as to say, this is the Shulchan Aruch's writing, Eidit that the Jews observed Yontif Sheni in Yerushalayim, had their own minyanim, and no one said boo. Of course, this is a tremendous question. Why did he leave it out of the Shulchan Aruch? The literature on this is without an end. The basic shot may be what Rekhefet said, that the Shnoris generally went from Yerushalayim to Chutzlaretz. People who risked the terrible journey in those days, dangerous, difficult, expensive, very few came to visit Israel, so he didn't mention it. That's one shot. The second shot may be once he gave you the principle, just apply it. It's the same thing. It's the mirror image. Just turn it around. A third shot, which many Muslims say, is that perhaps he changed his mind. That it could be when you come to Israel, it's different, right? But that's that's not the real shot. The real shot is either he took for granted you'll understand it, or he dealt with the Messiah. Now, if this is the case, it means every Israeli in Chutzlaretz observes one day, the second day doesn't do malacha to offend anybody. With all the implications, it means he doesn't make an Arab with a bracha, he doesn't make an Arab top shivan, he's not allowed to make a bracha. It means he can attend the second seder, he can't make any brachat. It means he must put on tefillin the second day, quietly, b'tzinah. Don't offend anybody. Uh, Johannesburg Jew in, in Yerushalayim, two full days, Yontif finery. It doesn't matter that everyone are driving, driving their cars, everyone is on a bus, everyone is watching television, hearing the radio, spending, buying, trading, doing. Machni Yehudin is ablaze with people buying, selling. You have to observe two full days with Musaf with a second Seder, 1,000%. Eighth day of Pesach, which is Isfuchak in Israel, Chasvachalila, you should eat chametz. That's the Pesach. That would seem to be the Pesach. I can't entertain questions to the very end. I may clear it up, but I don't have time for questions now. In my classroom, I always take questions, but you have to, give, you have to forgive me now. At the end, if I haven't answered it, you can ask. Two complete days. But write down your questions so you don't tell me an hour from now, 40 minutes from now, you forgot. Uh, two complete days. Now, all the normative poskim, poskim like the, like the Shulchan Aruch, right down the line. Aruch HaShulchan, 
Modern times that Moshe Feinstein, Rav Shlomo Orbach, exactly. It's Makam Shinagu, Minigam Makam, where you belong, that determines not your feet. Beautiful. Generally speaking, this is the Shulchan Aruch. It obligates us. Are we? We once had a fabulous discussion with the Rav. Why do we have to study uh, Yeridea? Why not the Rift? Why not the Ran? Why not the Rambam? Why not, why not the Rush? Why do we have to get Halacha from Yeridea? You get Smicha. Study Yeridea. You get a Shaila. I don't know. It's Shabbos Rish and Sunday's Rish Chaydish. You are Chasidich Shalashudas. The first benching an hour after Shabbos. Do you say Ritzay? Do you say Yalaviyavo? And if you say it's say, how can you say Yala Biyav? You say yeah, it's Sunday, it's Rosh Chayyim. Yala Biyav. How can you say it's say? It's not. Where do you look? You open up the Mishnah Berurah, Shulchan Aruch. What's going on? The Rav raised this question, and to be very brief, it goes back to Hatamat Rambam, the Mishnah Torah. The Rambam raised the same question: Why do we have to follow every, every maskana of the Gemara? For the sake of argument, Rabbi Ranan is hungry today. He's going to cook chicken in milk. You'll ask him, how can you cook chicken in milk? He passed in fact, Rabbi Yosei Akuli, right or wrong, Rabbi Yosei Akuli refused to accept the, the, the Gezeir of Hof Bechalav. I'll tell you a story, a true story, I wish it weren't true. I'm a young rabbi getting killed outside of Philadelphia, it's 1961, my baptism of fire, forgive the uh, euphemism. And I'm invited to a Brit on Shabbos in Winfield, across city line, Philadelphia. The Mohel drives up on Shabbos. Yeah, I don't want to mention the name. Well, no, so he's dead. Well, I'll have an elliptic in the name. Drives up on Shabbos. So I say to him, how are you allowed to drive here? What are you, an Amorit? I pass him like Rebbe Yasser. No, the Gemara on Shabbos. Daf Kuflamit. What is Doich Shabbos? The mealer itself or all the preparation? How did they clean off the knife? You know, you can't uh, give a, a baby a circumcision with a knife that's not sterilized. We use alcohol today. You ever see the mole has an alcohol poison in to a little tray, puts the knife in, ready to go, sterilized. No, they didn't have alcohol. Bizman Chazal, they had to boil water. You forgot to boil the water before Shabbos. Okay? Are you allowed to boil the water? We're alcohol and water. You can't do the bit mila. The baby, you have to carry the baby. We should wrap him. If not, the baby doesn't get to the mole. There won't be a bit mila. So there's a makhlekes in the Gemara. And we pass it against Rebbe Yetzir. It says, Hechshirei Milim are permitted as well as not only the Yetzir Milu Priya, but Hechshirei as well. The Mal tells me, I pass my Rebbe Yetzir. If I can get it, there won't be a Brit. Therefore, I'm allowed to drive on Shabbos. No, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong with Rabbi Ranan eating of Bechalaf? What's wrong? What's wrong with Mr. Mohel uh, uh, driving his Tiferet Otto on Shabbos? <laughs> to do a Christmas. What's wrong? <coughs> so the Rambam says, when it comes to a maskana of the Gemara, I'm giving you the golden words of the Rambam. If you don't know how to come with the Rambam of the Mishnah, you don't know how to breathe air. You have to know it and know it by heart. His Kimo Aleim Kol Yisrael. That is a crystallization. Be a Brit Meduberet Hidgab Shut. I spoke with Rebbe in seven days. I spent the Shabbos with Rebbe in Boston. We spoke and learning all Shabbos. We spoke about this topic for at least an hour and a half and this particular topic, among many others. And you see, this is the ongoing heartbeat of Torah Shabbat Peh. There's constantly machloket until you reach that magic moment where you feel the crystallization. In our lifetime, we saw a crystallization turning on electricity, on Yantav. 
When we were growing up, many good Jews turned electricity on in Yantar. It's taking a light from a light. Today, I've yet to see a post who's moderate because they now understand electricity better in post-Kimakran to college, and they understand it's Makabapatish, it's Bona. It's an entire different series of Visurim, unlike when you take a, a flame from a flame. So, in relation to the Shulchan Aruch, Rebbe said, the Rebbe said, and I say Rebbe, I mean the Rebbe. When, 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 uh, my dear friend Rabbi Bernhardt says Rebbe, you have to ask him who he means. But when I say Rebbe, I mean, I mean, I mean the Rebbe. And the Rebbe said, in relation to the Shulchan Aruch, Kimalem Kal Yisrael. And you can't, I, I'll quote Rebbe word by word, shul by shul. I don't say you can't paskin against the Shulchan Aruch. But you better know very well why you are basking, what you are doing. That was the exact words of Rebbe. That was in the quest from a private discussion. I had a long talk with him. In 78, I knew how to learn a little bit. And back in 58, I was a youngster in short pants sitting in fear of the rough. But by 78 already, I knew how to learn and the rough had mellowed. And he was, whatever, he was proud of me, which is a, which is a terrible statement for you to make, but it's, it's, it is true. So we, we spoke and learning all of Shabbos and, and that's exactly, oh, so everything is good. Fine. Psak, Shulchan Aruch, Mishnah Gura, Aruch HaShulchan, Moshe Feinstein, Shalom Zaman finished. For the one problem here. If there ever was a rebellion in Halacha by the great minds, it was on this topic. Along comes in the 17th and the early 18th century, the Chacham Tzvi. No, the Chacham Tzvi, Rav Tzvi Ashkenazi, the father of Yaakov Emden, very interesting, uh, idiosyncratic, Polish, uh, borderline of Germany, post-Saint Mufak. And he comes along, I believe it's Kutzam Chzayim, famous tribute, just half a page. And he was asked a question, what do you do when you go to Eretz Yisrael? He said, what's the question? Throws out the, the, the Shukhanarach, could be the shot he... I, I can't go into detail now. I, it's all on tape, I guess. I've spent already a year and a half on Yatav Shani. I can't do it in one hour. But could be, according to the Rach and the Rabban, the Gemara will indicate that, uh, that he is correct. Could be. Could be. He says very simply, What, are you an idiot? It has to do with Makam Shenago. Makam Shenago means you have choice. I have choice whether or not to travel more than two kilometers on Friday. I have choice whether or not to eat what kosher or not. Makam shenarko. I have choice, let's say, bizman hazeh, to be makpun in chalab Yisrael, not to be makpun. Plenty of choice. It's up to the community where I live. I have choice to eat kosher gelatin, not to eat kosher gelatin. I'm talking to poskin. So the community where I live perhaps will determine what I have to do. But you have choice. You grew up in a... You're a... You're, you're, a, you're from the Eidah to Mizrach. Okay? No, they don't wear shaitos. For the sake of argument, she marries an Ashkenazi who wants her to wear a shaitos. Right, it could be this choice. All these questions are open to choice. Their makam shenohgu applies. But when you talk about Yantif Shani, what choice? At the time, he says, at the time of the Beit HaMikdash, anyone in the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael observed, help me out, one day, anyone left behind observed two days. It has nothing to do with the community belong to. It had to do with where your feet are. Plain, simple logic. You know what I heard from Rebbe in the name of Reb Chaim? 
the Chacham Tzvi is irrefutable. Irrefutable. No one has come up to an answer with this question. No one. Go a little further. You're looking at... He said that it's Manazer that applies as well. No, we'll come to him. I'm going to give you the Pesach of the Rebbe in a minute. Yeah. When it comes to uh, but he says, irrefutable. Irrefutable. It's not Malcolm Shinako, it's not choice. It's where your feet are, like at the time of the base of Mikdush. There's a Gezeira on Chutzlar, it's nothing to do with Eretz Yisrael. Chutzlar is two days, Eretz Yisrael one day, just like at the time of the base of Mikdush, but nothing to do where the individual is coming from. But the world moves on. The Baal Shem Tov came to the world, and that brought about the Maggit, the Maggit brought about the Shnir Zalman Mila'adim, the outer Rebbe. No, yeah, you understand Chabad moves in a different halachic rhythm. I'll give you a simple example. When I was the rabbi of my second shtal in 62 to 69, for I went on Leah, where Baruch Hashem, I was much more successful. Either age, or simply different from the bottom. Uh, first, Mechitz Shul, suburban Essex County, outside of Newark, doesn't mean anything to you. Maplewood South Orange, anyone here see Seinfeld? Yes or no? Yes. Maplewood, New Jersey, that's where Jason Alexander grew up. Two blocks from my shul. The Tzadik Hadar, Baruch Hashem. One of you. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's a kid. He grew up two blocks. His parents went to the conservative temple. Jason Alexander. That's Maplewood, New Jersey. So, uh, and my either side of me was Lubavitch. The last block of Newark was Rav Shul Pesach Bogolowski. The last block of Irvington was Rav Shalom Dov Gordon. Yibabu Chaim Aruchim, Shmuel Schlitter, Rav Shalom Dov, Nefet Tzadik Lefrachem. And I was very friendly, we were fabulous friends, the three of us. One Shabbos morning, I had to consult with Shmuel Pesach. I walked, it was about eight minutes, walked to his house from where I, where I was living. And I come in, and Saturday morning, 7.30 in the morning, a cup of coffee with a big piece of blueberry cake. His wife is a fabulous baker. A cup of coffee next, a piece of apple pie. I say, Shmuel, you didn't dive in yet. What the heck is going on here? He says, listen, Aaron, he says, this is the difference between us and you guys. We Hasidim eat to daven. You guys daven to eat. <laughs> but, it's, it, they change the bit of the normative halacha. You open up the Rebbe Shulchan Aruch and you'll open it up. I don't have time, I, I, perhaps it's Xerox, perhaps you'll look it up. You'll open up Simon Aleph. Ah, you have it there. Simon Aleph, and I believe it's Siv Katun Chet. And the Rebbe Shulchan Aruch says words that I don't really understand. Rabbi Bernhard, at another time, you'll invite him and he will explain it to you. But I can paraphrase the words. And he says, look into the parentheses, right in the middle, Kiyetrat Son, he says, everything, there's emanations from God. And when a Jew is saying Kriyat Shema, there's a certain emanation that accepts your Kriyat Shema. When you're saying Tefillah, there's a certain emanation that accepts your Tefillah. Wow, that the sanctity of Shabbos and Yantif, that it changes, it, it's something above the time, the place, it's divine. The, and he says, that on Shabbos, 
when it's Shabbos in Johannesburg, God smiles his countenance upon you with a Shabbos smile. Okay? That's the way I can explain it, simple language. When it's Yontav in Johannesburg, God smiles upon you. And therefore, Wow. Comes along, totally agrees with the Chacham Tzvi, and gives you a different overlook. Now already it's not Havlacha, but it's Chasidus. And on Shabbos you have one ray of God, on Yontif and Nasa. And in Chutzlaris, because the rabbis observed Yontif Sheni, I'm paraphrasing now the final Mishnah in Perik Bed of Rosh Hashanah, the Beitin Shomala follows the Beitin Shomata, and the rays of God are holy. Do you understand the implications? Nothing to do where your mind is. When you're in Johannesburg on Shavuos, two days. God forbid any Jew should be Mahalo Yantif Shemi. You are disgracing, negating, abrogating, causing anguish to the emanations from the Almighty. In Eretz Yisrael, Chas V'chalila, any Jew should observe more than one day. Because the rays of God are holy one day, the next day they are profane, weak day, chol. You have to daven chol, put on tefillin, and wow, this would appear that the Rav Shulchanarech in total acquiescence to what we saw in the Chacham's faith. There's only one problem. You're looking at home, it's directed underneath the Shulchanarech, we deal with the He has two different opinions. And I can tell you in this, I had tremendous hanar. I went through all the tshuvat of the, uh, of, of the, of the seventh Rebbe, his collected tshuvat, what to do, and you have this tshuvat, that tshuvat, another tshuvat, cross-references, the sixth Rebbe, I can't go into it now, I did all the detail, and I told my class, I told my, my dear students, I said, gentlemen, the only conclusion I can tell you is that Chabad is mixed up. That Geshomrim caused tremendous problems. Now you have to understand, when I give Sheen the Kola, it's recorded. Those recordings go all over the world via two different routes. One is MP3 with, with a website of YU. The other one is through the audio that goes to many locations, including a fellow named Nordlich who sells the Rubs tapes, the Vessel Shachter's tapes, and he latched on to the tapes of that dummy racket. Okay. Through those tapes, I made a tremendous gain for Torah. I picked up a Chassid Tate Mashmai. A Lababacher Chassid, late 40s, a gonadir, Rabbi Ari Lieberman, lives in Crown Heights, his brothers, they all own a big business, the two brothers work. So I come into the YU office, the secretary shows me they just pulled out of the email, I don't know how it works, these magic machines, they uh, print out an 80-page Kuntras of Chabadnik in London, I believe his name is Ralph Levine, Talmud Chacham, I know his brother from Melbourne, Talmud Chacham, the old title of Chabad, 
and he's working on Psak of Chabanas, an 80-page Kuntras, not yet published by Yad Shani, with all the sources, and the last paragraph, the conclusion, Chabad is mixed up on this issue. There is no single definitive Psak. I said, Baruch, Shazachinti Lechavein, Lechitola Yisrael, we're working on it, I reached the same conclusion, and I'm not a Chabadin, I reached it from without. He reached it from within. But if you take the Alter Rebbe, what I read to you, which may be his dominant position, wow, now you can understand why he agrees with the Chacham Tzvi. Chacham Tzvi handles logically, he handles it from the point of view of the Hashra'a, of the emanations. Doesn't end there. Are any of you Hungarians who you care to deny it? <laughs> Hungarians <laughs> <coughs> had a great rub. The Minchat Lolza, Rabbi Lolza Shapiro, Munkachim, great anti-Zionist, made the Sapna Rebbe look like Charles Clay. <laughs> God took revenge from him when you go to the Kotel next, walk in at the side of the men's section where the cave begins. We pray indoors when it rains. You'll see a tremendous library, bookcase, and you'll see a tremendous sign up. Dedicated memory of the Minchat Allah, his life there, his years. It must be a chassid who Chazab Tshuva became a Zionist. Because the Tzatman allowed to go near the Kotel, and here the big library is dedicated memory of the Minchat Allah, his chassid memory, the Ungara should say, the Minchat, the Minchat Musa. So, he was even a not to Zion. But to the part no, no, they were making it. I understand. God forbid, no Jew can be opposed to yeah. Zion. But of course, we're opposed to Zionism, and, and the Sapna Rebbe's position is very similar. But that's not so different. That's a different lecture, not for now. But the Minchat Alaza, in his Sheriff and Shubha, deals with Gandhav Shani. And he says the Chacham Tzvi is a million percent right. The Alta Rebbe is a million percent right. And he adds a new equation. No, let's go back to 1976. Jordanian war bonds went up in value in Tainit Esther of 1976. Can anyone tell me why? Ah, you are missing a little bit of Rakefit's history. On that day, Rakefit began basic training. No, if Rakefit begins basic training, I would buy Jordanian war bonds. No, but what day did I begin basic training? Tainit Esther. What was the next day? Purim. And here I am in Bethel, Basis Hadracha, Bad Abba, Basis Hadracha for basic training, Purim. I live in Jerusalem. My wife is in Jerusalem. My children are in Jerusalem. My teaching is in Jerusalem. Everything I own in the world is in Jerusalem. And I had to observe Purim, Yudalad, where your feet are. Exactly. Israel is the only city in the world where, according to your Hashkafa, you have it made on Purim. They're Jews, liberal Jews. Purim's a horrible holiday. Jews killed innocent, innocent, wonderful Gentiles. You ever hear the way liberals speak? It's unbelievable. So, Avram Burke has it made, or people of his ilk, Shulam Adaloni, etc. On Yudala, they go to Yudushalayim. No Purim. On Tetzvav, they go to Tel Aviv. 
No problem. <laughs> Warm mongers like Aaron Rakevit, your dollar they go to Tel Aviv one day. Tetvav, you come back to Yerushalayim two days. Baruch Hashem, we sharpen our knives. Do you imagine people believe this? If you knew Rakev is the only rabbi teacher, you have to respect everything. Anyway, coming back here, what do you see from there? Where your feet are is the determining factor. So look what's happened here. You have a tri-chord revolution. I don't know any other issue like this. The Chacham Tzvi, throughout the Shulchan Aruch, without even mentioning it. The Alter Rebbe, throughout the Shulchan Aruch, at the start of Hashkamet Taboka, without even giving him any respect. In Hilchot Jantiv, there he has a Yesh Omrim. The Dominchat Lodzah came out against the Shulchan Didn't end there. Rabasha Yerushalayim, Rabbi Shmuel Solant, who was the rabbi of Yerushalayim over 70 years. They appointed two assistants, Bechayav, to, to succeed him. Each died long before Rabbi Shmuel Solant. Anyone know who they appointed? First it was Rabchaim Berlin, and he died shortly afterwards. Then they appointed the Adarever, that was the father-in-law of Rav Cook. And he died shortly afterwards. Eliyahu David Adaret, Rabbi Nabitz Tomim. By the way, those of you who are Pinchas Tites, that's his family. That's the Adaret's family. And, 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 uh, unbelievable. Rav Shmuel Salat, I believe he died in 1916, well close to 100 years of age. And he passed from Lalacha. He is the famous post-sake who influenced all of Pesach. He felt the Chacham Sri was right, the Rebbe was right, the Menchat Lazar was right, although the Menchat Lazar was not yet published, but that point of view was right. But on the other hand, you have the Shulchan Aruch. How do you defend the Shulchan Aruch? So he came up with the Psaq, what we popularly call a day and a half. A day and a half is, is a misnomer, because some people think it means a day and a half, that the second day after you observe 12 hours, and the other 12 hours you do what you want. It means a day and a half l'chumra, meaning the second day you don't do malacha. That way you give respect to the basak of the Shulchan Aruch. If you come from Johannesburg to visit Israel, first day is Yantan, the second day you don't do malacha, but you don't like an Israeli. If you're an Israeli, you could start it according to the basak. So it means that on the second day, you would have to observe Yantav Shani because you are in Chutzlaretz, but you would put on Tfilin because there it's a Suffolk and then it's a Dindia writer, so you would put on with a Tanai. If it's Yantav, it's Tfilin. If it's not Yantav, it's a Kishat Biyama. Say Kriyachma, do it quietly, and then go and daven like a regular Chutzlaretz person. The terrible problem in this issue, and this is what the Minchat Laza articulates, and I jump for joy because yours truly articulated in the classroom, and then I see it's right in the Minchat Laza, word by word. You see, whenever we have a halachic question, so you can say you're machmir. I know, I don't eat kosher gelatin. I'll never tell anyone else not to eat it, but I'm machmir, I don't eat kosher gelatin. If I have that chumrah, it's a chumrah. Beautiful. The problem with Yantiv Shani is there's no Khumra and there's no Kula. Whatever you do, it's, if you're Machmi, you're Mekil. If you're Mekil, you're Machmi. And I'll explain myself. Let's say you want to be Machmi. You come to Yerushalayim 
And you want to be machmer. You, Rabbi Ranan comes to Yisraeli, he wants to observe two complete days. Is he being machmer? Sure, from one point of view, it's a chumri. He's taking on Yat Tavshen Yishalayim. From the other point of view, is a rat and vicious malicious kid. He's saying that this is the page you read about surreptitious malevolent no good sinner. Why? Because Yat he is governing Musaf when I'm driving my car. He is making Kiddush when I'm watching the news on television. What are you doing? Brachot Levatala. Comes Yat Tavshen Pesach. He's a big machmer. He's making a seder. Making a seder. What are you crazy? Yerushalayim. Second day, you're making a seder. Brachat l'matala. One after another. Yantav Shani is in Yerushalayim, and he's observing. He's not putting on tefillin. You're not putting on tefillin a day when you are high of the oraita. You see, this is the pr- tremendous problem. I go to Chutzlaretz, and I say, I want to observe Yantav Shani. I want to be machmir. Okay. I want to be your say the sheet of, 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 of the Chacham Tzvi, I'm in Chutzlaretz. Yeah, but it's a tremendous, you're being machmer. In the meantime, you're davening Shmon Esrei of Yontif, Musaf of Yontif. You're on a day that perhaps you don't have to. Brachot Lavatala. Hey, what about Tfilin? You're an Israeli. You have one day, even though you are in Johannesburg. See, the Michat Lassa calls our attention that here, even a Hungarian posek, is caught in the crossfire. If you know Hungarian Poskin, they enjoy being machmer. If you're a student of the Minchat Yitzchak, you'll see, churif, 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 you make him, make him, make him, make him, at the end, tov lahachmir. Follow me? If you're Zahir, lahachmir. Adine nefesh, lahachmir. And, and here, there's no way to answer like that. The chumr is a kulah, the kulah is a chumr, and there's no way to escape from that crossfire. Okay. Now, 1978, I asked Rebbe, what's your opinion on Yantav Shani? I get the question three times a year from, at that time, hundreds of students. I was teaching Michlala, but not just the Israeli division, the foreign division had over 100 students. Teaching BMT had over 100 students. <coughs> Teaching Mahon Gold had over 100 students. Only <coughs> Paskin. So the Rav told me his own life story. 1935, he visited Israel. He stood for the chief rabbi of Tel Aviv. All of you know the Rav desperately wanted to become chief rabbi of Tel Aviv. 1935, he lost the election to Rav Moshe Avigda Amil. He was then a very famous rabbi of European origins, and then, of course, in, in Antwerp, Belgium. Father-in-law of Chief Rabbi Lee Rabinowitz. Allah, interesting. So, yeah. Rabinowitz uh, was, it was a grandson. It has to be a grandson. A grandson. Or was Louis Rabinowitz himself? Yeah? Louis was a father-in-law. Yes. The son of was his father-in-law. Interesting, because I have a picture. I have to look at it again. Then, interesting, I have a picture of Louis Rabinowitz as a youngster with a little, with a little Van Dyke. Anyway, could be, you're right. Today's yeah, I right. picture of him as an old man with a little bit. Like yeah, no, I know, the old man, I knew him very well, but it was a bigger <laughs> man. Like. But I, 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 you're absolutely right, because age-wise, you're absolutely right. You get taught me knowledge that I didn't know, Yasha. So, Rabbi Amil won the rabbinate. In 1959, they offered the rabbinate, the chief rabbinate of Israel on silver platy, turned it down. You read the Rakefet, Rabbi Rice, hear the tapes, Rakefet, explains it very detailed, etc. The answer is very simple in 35 he was struggling to find his place in life. 
from Berlin to Boston, if you know Yiddish, a Rachmanesach, Rachmanut. In 5960, he was the Rav. He had found his place, and he was older, and he had been after a, after a very serious <coughs> cancer operation, didn't want to leave Boston, and we can understand it. I'm very thankful he didn't, even though I'm a great Zionist. Uh, anyway, I asked Debbie, what did you do when you're 35? He visited with Hirschfuss here in Eretz Yisrael. So Rebbe said, now I come back. I asked my father, and my father told me, I could get head from, from Tatu, Naman, and Zayden, as Reb Chaim. I heard my father, the name of my grandfather, Reb Chaim, that Reb Chaim said, the Chacham speaks irrefutable. Therefore, Friday, first day of Shavuos, you observe, like everyone else, Shabbos, you daven like an Israeli. And this I heard from Rebbe with my own ears. Today already others have published it. Today already I've heard it again via a certain tape where the Rebbe discussed it. So then I asked Rebbe, so how come I understand that you paskin, like I would paskin generally, that a person shouldn't do malacha the second day? So Rebbe gave me two reasons which are totally logical and solid. One reason is very simple, covered of the Shulchan Aruch. It's very hard to throw aside a psaq of the Shulchan Aruch, even if the Chacham Tzvi is irrefutable, very hard to push it totally away. And that may be Rosh Musalat's reasoning. Rabbi Paskin, a day and a half, L'Chumra. The second reason is even more potent. Rabbi was chayshish, that if you're Paskin for an American kid coming to Israel, one day only, he can go back and be in America and be Mazalzal and Yantab Shani. Therefore, let him know there's still a Yantab Shani in the world. At least he can't do Malacha like an Israeli. So I have to tell you, and this will be interesting for Rabbi Bernhardt, there was a very famous rabbi who built a tremendous Torah community in Staten Island, Rabbi J. Marcus. You don't know what became of Staten Island. There are more families in Staten Island than all of Johannesburg and Cape Town put together to the second power. And you're talking about... Not when I lived there. Not when we, like, when we lived in America, Staten Island, you know, it's a borough that's totally cut off from the rest of New York. But you know what happened to Staten Island? They built the Verrazano Bridge that connected it to Brooklyn with that building of the bridge, putting it 15 minutes away from the Helica Buttlebach, the Nebrak, Bet Bet, that opened Staten Island. And Shane Marcus, today is a young Israel of a thousand families. That was his shul, and a good shul, a breakaway yeshtibble, that Ruben Feinstein, that my son, a yeshiva, right down the line, the place is alive and thriving. By here, young Jay Marcus lives in Israel. He built a big yeshiva in, in, in Beit Shemesh with his children, my students, the Chutzlau's children, one of, one of the premier yeshivas that get American kids. Anyway, Jay Marcus takes a sabbatical. They take a rabbi in in his place for the year. Comes Sukkot, the rabbi gets up from the pulpit and he's matir taking showers on Yantav Shani. And J. Marcus hears about it and if he was on the next plane back, there was a colossal lever, a bit of battle. He paid out the rabbi, got, what are you talking? And then when I heard the story and I knew the, this rabbi's background, I knew exactly what happened. He had studied in Israel a number of years. He was used already not to observing Yantav Shani. And he made the simple cheshman up in Israel. They're driving their cars, working their computers, doing every malacher under the sun on Yantav Shani. So why can't 
I take a shower, you know, health, this reason, no, you have shame, it's okay. It, the, the good health reasons, when the Funakim, Istanis, Hapi Allah, at Kamachalachesh bonus, and you can see that Rebbe was right. Now I come to my own practice and explain what happened here on Yantav. On Yantav we had a very interesting situation. Sally Sachs and his wife and my wife and myself were eating, we were guests of the same people, Yantav Shani at night, and there's Sally Sachs in a different room making Havdalah. And there I am in the other room making Kiddush. And if my mathematics is, are correct, Rakefet, the Rakefet family has lived in Israel three times the amount of years that saw 3x. Sally Sachs is only about 11, 12, where they're 35, 36 now. Fine. Que pasa? You know a little Spanish or it doesn't reach Johannesburg. Que pasa? What happened? What's going on? It's very simple. When it comes to the Rav, my practice is as follows, and I'm not constant. That one son-in-law does everything according to the Lumagon, and you know what the Maisa Harav is? 100%. With Shabbos, with, with, with the Zmanim, with the Chumras, with the Kulas, the Vunagon. Alright, he lives according to the Vunagon. He never saw the Vunagon. But he's a flattish boy who found the Vunagon, and, and that became his posseg, Halachala Maisa, on everything. I do as follows. Whatever I saw the Rav do or spoke with him, I do exactly like the Rav. Whatever I know intellectually he does, many times I do like Claudius. Well, I'll give you two, two examples. When it comes to Leo Haseda, how many matzah do you take? No, three matzah. Taking three matzahs makes as much sense as dancing with Kazatska on the moon with Meot Sidong. Why do you take three matzah? No, you tell me, because you don't have to break one lechem only, right? Seicha to the lechem only, right? We left here. If there's a din of lechem only, it has to come out of the two matzah. And this goes back right to the Svadik we shown him, and, and, and the Runagon, and the Belushin, and the Briska, they took two matzah. Rebbe takes two matzah. I know that. I take three matzah. I never saw a Seder. How you know taught me? Claudius grew up in kindergarten on. They taught me three matzah, Kohen, Levi, Yisrael, Alan, Narishkai. But I take three matzah like every other good Jew. Although I explain to my grandchildren, my God, didn't you only supposed to take two? And my Rebbe only took two. I'm sure my son-in-law, Reb Chaim, only takes two matzah. The room are gone. But I'm not consistent. I know what the Rebbe does. All right. But I also know what Claudius Yisrael does, what the numbers could do. So there I live like an umbrisca. But on the issue of Yantif Shani, where I spoke with the love and with these two ears and with this mouth I discussed this topic for a good 45 minutes, I have to do like Rebbe told me. So when I'm in Kutzlaras on Yantif Shani, I observe like every other Jew. And I feel the Kedusha. I don't know, maybe I'm becoming a chassid. But I look around, worse things can happen. Worse things can happen. Worse things can happen. And maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm coming across it. I feel the Kedusha. The only aberration that I did, that you didn't do, 
is when I woke up, and you know, you daven very late here. I'm a hashkama man, shop is 6.30. We, we have the minion, we have to be out by 8.10. Second minion comes in and finds us there, they would shoot us. So David Applebaum, Hashem, you come down, you don't, you don't know what a pain, what a loss in the shoe. We are still shell-shocked. I mean, on a personal level, I mean, you lose one of your best friends, you lose a collar. You heard what I said publicly, that a collar went to mikvah for her wedding, and it wound up wound up being the Tara for her funeral. So how can you survive that? I don't know. I need superhuman strength to go on. We, we're, we're friendly with the Applebaums, three generations up, three generations down, my children. Oh. David was our Musaf cousin. Whenever we had a time squeeze, David, Musaf, and David is, you know, an emergency medicine. This is an emergency situation. He looks at his watch, quarter to eight, you're out by five after eight. 20 to 8, you're out by 5 after 8. Didn't matter how much. 10 to 8, you're out by 5 after 8. David always had one look at his watch, and he knew what speed to go for Musaf. David was a Musaf man. So, uh, what, what was my starting point? I, got, I started, I got, I got lost for David Applebaum. What, what was I saying? Was, no, help me out. What was my starting point? No, I can't hear. You spoke with the rough Oh, 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 so, 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 whatever, what, yeah, so the one difference I did in South Africa, I'm a Hashkama man, now I know I started, thank you, otherwise we'd have to rewind the tape, but, uh, I'm a Hashkama man, you're davening a quarter to nine, on a quarter to nine back home, I've already made Kiddush, had, had, had left the Mishnah, and my Gemara's up, my, my wife left the shoe, no one can bother me, no phones, no nothing, Fabulous. Any learning I have, if it goes, happened to happen in 35 years, can I inhara? Baruch Hashem. That's, so anyway, um, any, eh, eh, what did I do? I said, Birchat Shacha, put on tefillin, made a condition with God, Riban Shalom, if Yantif Shani is not really Yantif Shani for me, then these are tefillin. Didn't make brachat. If Yantif Shani is Kaddish for me, I'm putting on some jewelry, kishut, that's the halachic word for it, a decoration. So you put them on without brachat. Without brachat, yeah, of course. And I said Shema Yisrael, the whole Shema, you know, may it day to check, you know, in front of all the Kriyat Shema, it's may it day to check, of course, they didn't talk about Kriyat Shema. Said Kriyat Shema, kissed them, rolled them up, snuck them away, and then slowly walked to the shul, and I took on Yontiv, Laid the nefesh and the What Sally Sachs did? He does the yant of the Gajabas. How can he daven yant of the I'm asking you. Can't be. If, if he made Abdullah. You, you. Yant of like every Jew here. I saw like everyone. Right. That's what I said. Who's right? Who's wrong? I'm Machmir Makir. Who's Makir Machmir? You can't win in this game. But I'm obligated to follow my Rebbe because it's from my Rebbe I received the Torah. Let me end off. Yant of it's a fascinating topic. I've only scratched the surface. You're invited to my classes in September where I'm going to dazzle my students with the Chatam Sofa and the Shlom Shlomo Kluger and the argument of rap writing you get for, for an aguna to, to avoid Chlitzo and the husband is, is, is a Shkitmarawa when now with his nobody who his grandson and the battle, battle royal 1800s and, it, and you have to understand the, again, it's important to understand the background at that time, why it became such a cause celebra, and then the Khatam Sof, this famous drusher, 
Be'ezrat Hashem, it's a fascinating topic. And I come back to the way I began. It's not a good, it's not mamzerit, it's, it's not an earth-shaking topic halachically, but it's fascinating. Because take a look how Gedole Gedole Yisrael turned around an open sock of the Shulchan Aruch. And when you talk about the Chacham Svi from his point of view, you talk about the Altarebbe, the Baltanya, and, and from his point of view, you talk about the Mincha Tlatsev from his point of view, and then you come up with, with Rav Shmuel Salan trying to find a compromise position, if there can be one, and then, of course, my conversation with my Rebbe. And finally, I end off with one prayer. We spoke about the emanations from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So I'm also convinced there's another emanation. To live in Eretz Yisrael, there's a different emanation even on a weekday. Because when you live in Johannesburg, there's no mitzvah involved. It's survival. You're here. I was born in the Bronx. I was there. But to live in Eretz Yisrael, it's one of the few mitzvah that you can do where the mitzvah totally envelops you. Did you ever think of that? And it's one of the few mitzvahs you can do where Yishev Eretz Yisrael is an ongoing mitzvah. It's like Abat Hashem, Yeret Hashem. Every moment, all your productivity, all your activity, you're involved in a mitzvah. Yishev Eretz. It goes so far that the Chatam Sofer in his Kiddushim on Mesechet Tanit raises the issue, no, Mesechet Sukkah, which was published from Kitvayad, he raises the issue, I have it at home with the whole source, raises the issue that if you live in Eretz Yisrael, how are you allowed to daven? How are you allowed to put on tefillah? He says, I'll say the mitzvah, put them in a mitzvah. You're busy, Yishevaret, you're, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a dentist, you're a soldier, you're a rebbe, you're a malamid, you're a taxi driver, a cab driver, a bus, everything you're doing is binyanaretz. How are you allowed to take off time to put on tefillin? He raises the issue, of course. If we follow it logically, it would abolish Mitzvah Shaz Man Grama, which none of us are prepared to do, but the very fact that he raises the issue shows you this tremendous feeling of understanding Mitzvah Yeshiva Aretz and the Kedusha. And I can tell you, when I come back home, psychologically, I don't know, emotionally, but to me it's tangible. I feel that Kedusha Taretz, and I think of the Alter Rebbe and those that magnificent paragraph in Hilchat Hashkamat Aboka when he starts the Shulchan Aruch. Halavai Bekarov, we should be zeichet to be together, and problems of Yontav Sheni shall end, and it should only be a question of how much more Kedusha can we bring to Latmat HaKodesh. Thank you very much. You can't leave them with that. Some so his kasha had no terrorists. No, I'm saying, you know, he, he, it's the shy that's better than the terrorists. But he doesn't remain with the kasha. No, the terrorists is, obviously, that we're not every moment, you're not all sake, you can take off, otherwise you'll be mevatal mitzvah altogether. But the shy shows the man's understanding of Kedusha Tarez, Yishimaret, magnificent. Yes, what did you want to ask? Two questions. First of all, according to the, the whole thing of the Makom Shanagu, people who would keep, who do go according to the opinion that they have to keep two days near Israel, <coughs> would seem that they couldn't wear a big day Shabbat. Uh, I want to tell you that, uh, that the people who could uh, keep two days near Israel, Makom Shanagu, 
So, no, they can wear Bidei Shabbat. That's not a problem. Why should that be offensive? The problem is in Chutzlar, it's the post can say, that if you're keeping only one day, that the second day you shouldn't walk around Vachadik because that's Pahesia. So you have to walk around dressed in Bidei Shabbat. You have Emma's problem. There's another problem. Can you call Sally Sachs for an Aliyah on Yant of Shani? And the answer is probably no. The Rabbi Kiryakovoyenberg deals with the Sri Deyesh. So that, that's, that's the reverse problem. And Sali Sachs comes to Shul, he davens, but he's davening Vachadik. All right, you hold the safe open. No one knows what you're davening. The Postcom will deal with this. It's black and white. Monday or Thursday? Excuse me? And it's Ma- yeah, but I'll tell you, I thought of that. Monday or Thursday, make it up on the first three of the Beyond that, you can have an Aliyah. I thought of that because Kosher, the Gemara in Baba Baba Kama, Dafay Bet, Kosher, who give me a Mimbali Torah, Nilu. I thought of that. By the way, in 1970, the Rub gave a Yotzai Drusha on that topic. The paper's available. It's Meredith, but not Kenny Yiddish. These fellows won't be able to, these, these young people can't appreciate it. He dealt with, with, with the Gemara of Baba Kama, with Nilu, what the word, oh, what a, what a talk, isn't it? Prime yet. That talk is published in Shay Wunder Zaychaba Murray, but it doesn't, the written word doesn't equal the oral word. When you hear the rug, it's overwhelming. Yeah, that's one point. And the other thing is, in Eretz Yisrael, I've heard two, <coughs> I've heard two different stories from the rug. Um, if you're in Eretz Yisrael, do you have to be in Machpit, Machpit? Which rug? When you say the rug, when you do it? Yeah. Um, do you, do you just not do Melacha? Ah, or do you have to, or so? Yeah, or, yeah. Or do you have to listen, have, have someone say Kiddush for you and answer, and be, no. No. no, no, no. And second day yontif, there's no din to hear someone else say Kiddush because you gave if you hold that it's one day, what are you making Kiddush? It's Brach Lamatala. So that's not applicable. And there's no two opinions. That's absolutely the Rub's yeah. opinion. What was the other part that you asked me? No, no that was that was the part that some I've heard people say. No, no, no. There's a different opinion. Mm-hmm. So Makhloik is between the Rub and Rub Moshe yeah. Feinstein. I asked Rebbe. And uh, Rebbe disagrees with Rebbe Meisha. The Shaila was, are you allowed to ask another Jew on Yantav Shani to do Malacha for you? And the Rub held, you're absolutely allowed because there's no din of Amir Ali Yisrael. Malacha by a Jew is measured by whether the Jew can or can. And the Rebbe brought a rights in the Shukar, it's a Chudat Harashpah, the Ramah brings it down. What if you're Makabal Shabbos early? And, and, and you forgot to light the lights in your house, you can tell the Jew, it's Makabal Shabbos, please light the lights for me. I'm walking home from the Kotel a few years ago with my grandson, I've Makabal Shabbos early, during the summer, I'm Makabal Shabbos early, every week, let me be you're going to become a lady, you have to be consistent. So I'm walking home with my grandson, and one of my Talmudim is driving by, stops the car, and he learned, Talmud Chacham, big Talmud. He says, Rebbe, come on, I can give you a lift. You remember the year you taught us that, the, the, the Rashbah? I said, you're absolutely right, you can give me a lift, but my grandson will never understand, and I don't need that, you know, for me to shop as part of the joy is walking home from the cultural, the walk reinvigorates me. But I explained to my grandson, he said, he's in the cult, he's in the Hezdi Yeshiva today, explained to him what our conversation was about. The rub held, there's no din of a miralakim that applies to a Jew, and it's always mentioned, can the Jew do what he can do? A Jew can do it, because they ask him to do it. Rabbi Moshe hold, it's like a miralakim. Whenever you can't do malacha, you can't ask someone else to do malacha. It's a published juba. Machlech is a paiskim. Many other posts can line up on either side. Uh, what you're going to about there is a delicate question. Where do you draw the line? Because if the guy is not doing malacha and Yom Shani, but he has a slave writing letters for him, turning to, to turning on the TV for him, he's saying, hey, call my, tele, call my girlfriend in New York and tell her I love you. 
Khanala, this is uh, Yosef calling. David is standing next to the phone. He wants me to tell you he loves you. You understand? So you reach a certain point. Uh, oh, by the way, she couldn't dance because it's gentle shame, so I'm giving her bad muscle. Right? So call my, call my Israeli girlfriend up in spot and tell her, Khanala, I'm calling for David, who's not yet in a, decided to come and allow that he loves you. You understand what I'm saying? Yishmakatesh bo bishlucho. Okay? Need more be said? Mitzvah bo yazemi bishlucho. Yeah, yeah. Mitzvah bo yazemi bishlucho. Absolutely. But here he can help himself. Yes? Um, what would happen if we don't move them to often that class are usually the girl, and they're not sure if they're going to come back? Right? They're not sure. The, not sure. You're asking the very good question. I left that out, obviously, for lack of time. It's a holding. Anyway, there's a chance that you could talk about Yosef, Rav Shlomogorin, many others. It goes back to, 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 to great Svadik Rishonim. If there's a chance you'll need a girl, or early Svadik Rishonim, I should say, if there's a chance you'll need a girl and you will stay, then the halacha is one day. Kolzman, you're single, unattached, and in back of your mind, you, if you meet a, a girl and you see, and you have, you'll stay one day. And now we pass him the way halacha If it's a serious fellow, you know, an older fellow, and I'm going to pass him this way for a 16-year-old. Same thing for a girl, as Manasa. If a woman, 18, 19, 20, and if she met the proper boy, she would stay one day. Okay? And that's the psaq halacha Although others will disagree. I mean, Rav Moshe will pass him two days to the moment that Moshe's famous tribute from the sky, and if you have a Rubenstein, calls on your parents are supporting you in Chutz Laaretz. It's two days. He observed him, the say, for about 12 years straight. To the Rav Moshe's Psak. A safe command against Rav Moshe, Manali Garrett, the Jont of Schwartz, you know what I'm talking about? This safe command from the mid 70s, it can still be bought for $25 from the family. It's, it looks, uh, it's worth it. This safe it looks like looks like he's Rav Moshe. And boy, does he rip Rav Moshe apart on many Psakim, but a bubble, and that Psakim makes a chutlatula out of Rav Moshe. Well, you know, with the Lambdas. A guy sitting here for 12 years with his wife, with five children, but his parents are sending him support. Two days. But again, my colleague is supposed to. What's the name of the same thing? Ma'anel Igeret, Rabbi Yontif Schwartz. But on a normative level, if a student really, there's a serious chance, you'll meet a nice girl who'll stay one day. I'm not going to go into what that means, Rabbi Rana will explain to you. That's what Rabbi Gorin cites, that's what Rabbi Vajir Yosef cites, but there's a long children on this. Look it up. And, and you'll see this is the halacha, and it's a wonderful question, but that's the way it's handled. It's all like anything else in Yom Shani. They're on this side of the fence, that side of the fence. That's what makes halacha so fascinating. And in Yom there's no hiding. Because no matter which way you're passing, you can't be right and you can't be wrong. And that says it all. Gentlemen and ladies, our yeah. ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you very, very much, but Maya knows I have early davening tomorrow and I have some meetings and I have to get on a plane. I'll be lucky to survive my visit to Johannesburg. That's a different story. <laughs>